It's only been one week, but Penn State's Drew Aller is the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. Lockdown Big Ten starts now. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Sheeman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, every team, every day. And this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And uh, Bird Dogs, you can go to birddogs.com slash college and enter the promo code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, Drew Aller has Penn State rolling right now, right out of the box. And we're going to talk about that. We're also take a peek over in the West Division, the Wild Wild West. Who's coming out of that thing? It's going down to the wire like everything else. And our Tuesday tweets. Did you make the cut? We'll find out. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Listen, I watched every Big Ten game this weekend. Many of you did, too. I really enjoyed it, by the way. It's really good to have some football. The eyeball test, that's how I really go on. You know, Penn State's Drew Aller was hands down the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Now, before I start getting hate mail from everybody over there at uh, Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, just hold on a minute. I'll come back to him and discuss that as, as well. But, you know, other quarterbacks around the league held their own as well. We'll discuss. But there was just something electric about Drew Aller on Saturday night. Uh, There really was. In front of 111,000 fans at night at Beaver Stadium during the Nittany Lions 38-15 win over West Virginia. He obviously learned very well uh, studying behind five-year starter Sean Clifford. And the atmosphere was not too big for him as the sophomore made his first career start. And he showed his arm. He showed poise in the pocket. Uh, he showed pocket awareness uh, on that 72-yard play, just the Keandre Lambert-Smith, for example. Let's talk about that play because it, was, um, it had a lot of things going on with it. First of all, there was a little bit of pressure. Had to roll out. Had just a little flick of the wrist. And that ball went 40 yards in the air, a lot of strength. And uh, then it turned into a 70-yard, 72-yard touchdown. So, you know, he did the rest to get into the end zone. Of course, he was wide open as well. That helps a little bit. Look, I know it was one game. I know it was in front of the home crowd. I know West Virginia is not Michigan or Ohio State, though I thought they were a pretty scrappy opponent. They came to play. They were ready to go, and they are – They have some talent on that West Virginia team. I mean, not at the same level, obviously, but they're not a bad football team. But the fact that Aller was able to check all the right boxes, you know, it reinforces it to him. It's another step other than practice. You know, it reinforces it to him, uh, to his coaches, to his teammates, that he can do everything when the competition steps up. And sooner than later, he'll be playing some tougher teams than West Virginia. But it's all reinforced with the action, with the live opponent, You can only do so much in practice. I thought he looked fantastic in this game. And while the Nittany Lions should rest easy at quarterback, I think, for the remainder of the season, 
West Virginia did put a microscope on some concerns moving forward. Let's share those here. Let's start with the Penn State run defense, okay? West Virginia's 240-pound running back, C.J. Donaldson, looked pretty good early on. Had 81 yards on the night. Garrett Green, their scrappy quarterback, he rushed for 71 yards on the night. So defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, he made a few adjustments, although in fairness, as the game went on and Penn State started to pull ahead, West Virginia pretty much had to scrap the running attack and throw the ball more. But uh, that situation is something that they will uh, they will circle and work on. The other concern was kicking, right? If you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. They missed two field goals inside of 40. James Franklin had to switch kickers. And, you know, a lot that brings me up another point. A lot of people were upset with James Franklin because he kicked a field goal at the end of the game that he was already going to win. Look, he's trying to find out who his kicker is going to be for the rest of the season. So he, you know, put Alex, Alex Falcon Falcons was the kid, put him out there. And uh, I think he's probably going to be the kid moving forward, but yeah, you gotta let him kick. If everybody was getting upset over that, relax. (laughs) It's basically a practice situation for a kicker. It's not like they were airing out 80 yard bombs in the late fourth quarter back to Aller though. Uh, in all, 21 of 29 on the day, 325 yards, three touchdowns passing, no interceptions, hit nine different receivers throughout the day. He was just spraying it all over the place. Solid effort, really effortless effort, really, I thought. He looked really good. And coming up next for Penn State is a stat pattern on the schedule. They take on Delaware at Happy Valley. Should be another good outing for everybody involved. Then uh, another winnable game, I think, against Illinois. And then week four, they've got a ranked Iowa team coming in. They have a formidable defense. Um, I think Penn State will win that game. We'll talk about that later as we get closer and see how things shake out over the next couple of weeks and injuries and whatnot. But that's the whiteout game at Happy Valley, too. Iowa's coming into that. And uh, but I think defensively, Iowa is pretty good. I watched their game this weekend against Utah State. And uh, Aller, that's going to be his really his first big test defensively. So, But right now, he's my clubhouse leader as the best quarterback in the Big Ten. You can agree or disagree. Hit me up on Twitter at TalkBigTen or here on YouTube if you want to hit me up with some comments. I expect to take some heat. Look, we can take a look around the rest of the league if you want. Ohio State's Kyle McCord was very underwhelming. For that matter, so was Devin Brown against Indiana on Saturday. So they're not even in the conversation right now. And relax, Buckeye fan, they might be later on. I Look, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they get those things worked out at Ohio State. There was no Tanner Mordecai uh, air raid with Wisconsin at all. They kept it on the ground. Plus, he had some turnovers. Luke Altmyer at Illinois almost got beat by Toledo. Hudson Card and the Boilermakers, they lose to Fresno State. A very disappointing day for them. But I do think Card is worth keeping an eye on. He, You can see the arm talent when he kind of spins it out there. He, he has a very strong arm, and we're going to be talking about him throughout the rest of the season for sure. Talia Tagovailoa, Maryland, they both had, they had a great day against Towson, but they had a great day against Towson. Okay, it was Towson. They were supposed to win that game. We'll see uh, moving forward. I, mean, I was talking up Talia big this summer. So we'll see if he continues to keep putting up big numbers. Kate McNamara, he played hurt. There was all that noise that he wasn't going to play maybe uh, and hasn't been playing in practice. Uh, had the quad injury uh, early in camp. And he played. I'll give him credit for that. 
but he clearly played a little bit defensive at quarterback. You could tell he was playing hurt. He was protecting himself a little bit. He was not out there at full speed. Uh, Gavin Wimsett, he led Rutgers to not one, but two 16-play drives against Northwestern. All very impressive, but they're not going to be better than Drew Aller right now as the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Now, let's talk a little bit about J.J. McCarthy because he's in the running in this conversation for sure and will be as the season goes on, uh, whether he's uh, the best quarterback in the conference or not. Look, the Michigan Wolverines had no problem with East Carolina. They weren't supposed to. They didn't. They took care of business. Everything was fine. McCarthy, in fact, threw three touchdown passes in that game. At one point, he completed 15 passes in a row. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if it's a scrimmage that's impressive or a, a low-level team or one of the best teams. That is impressive to complete 15 in a row in a game. In fact, he only threw four incomplete passes the entire game. It was an awesome job, just an awesome job. They did what they were supposed to do. They will have no problem with UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers moving forward to the early part of the season. So, look, Michigan fan, don't get me wrong. I am not knocking J.J. McCarthy by building up Drew Aller and talking about him. Um, like I said, he may be the best, J.J., when it's all said and done because he's going to have an opportunity to win a Big Ten title. He's going to have an opportunity to get in the college football playoffs and maybe even win a national championship. That would be a sensational season. Um, his coach called him a generational quarterback. I'm, you know, I'm not denying any of that. But he is a hard quarterback to gauge uh, in the traditional sense. First of all, he could or should put up some pretty gaudy numbers against these opponents coming up that he's going to be facing in the first month of the season. But Michigan doesn't really win with gaudy numbers. They have so much talent that this football team can literally do whatever it wants against whoever it wants. If they decide that they want to run the ball 30 times and win that way, they can. They can. And that means your quarterback is not going to have an awesome uh, statistic day or day statistically that's, that's going to really register. So people will use that at the end of the year when you're comparing quarterbacks for Heisman or a quarterback of the year. The numbers for J.J. McCarthy may actually be on the little a bit of the low side because maybe they were running the ball all the time. So that's something to consider. But I'll use last year as an example. You know, they won the Big Ten and they went to a playoff. I can literally name 50 quarterbacks, 5-0, 50 quarterbacks that threw for more yards than J.J. McCarthy did. And when you look at Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams at USC, he threw twice as many touchdown passes as J.J. McCarthy did. So, look, it's not a knock on McCarthy. It's all about winning games, and Michigan wins games. So you can't criticize him for that. But, um, you know, it's hard the way they win to gauge him statistically and how he's doing. So it goes back to what I was talking about before the eyeball test. And certainly he passes that in every facet. So, but right now week one, we're going to give the nod to drew Aller as the best quarterback in the big 10. Again, your comments are always welcome on Twitter and YouTube. And we're going to talk about the Hawkeyes a little bit. Did the Hawkeyes offense do enough to appease Hawkeye fan won a game. Won a game by 10 points, wasn't by enough points, right? That's the thing for Iowa football fans this year and their offensive coordinator. We'll get into all that. And who had the most disappointing opening weekend in the Big Ten? We're going to discuss all that right here on Lockdown Big Ten. We are brought to you by Bird Dogs. You know Bird Dogs, they make you look great. 
Uh, they've got the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a sculpted look, so you'll look fantastic. Bird dog shorts do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better, and they fit better than regular shorts. They're made of that, what we're typically used to, that, that, that stiff, restricting cotton that binds up and wrinkles up on a hot summer day. Uh, Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses their anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And they're functional for any occasion. I mean, you can wear them playing golf. You can wear them to work. You can evening wear, working out, out of the pool, everything. Absolutely everything, any occasion. And, um, you know, they just sent me some too. And I've been talking about this, literally the most comfortable things I've ever put on. And by the way, they also uh, threw in this free hat. They have a look at that. The white matches my shirt. I'm looking good. That's the old bird dog's hat. They threw in free with the order. You got another special here I want to tell you about. What you need to do is go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college. And enter the promo code Locked On College at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Look, everybody's got water bottles of some kind. You might as well have a cool one that looks good and uh, is very functional and awesome. They'll give that to you for free. They'll throw it in. That's birddogs.com slash Locked On College for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, so a couple things to discuss. Um, the Big Ten, by the way, congratulations. Nine and three opening weekend, seven and one in non-conference games this week. But I want to take a look at the West, the wild, wild West, because we spent a lot of time uh, talking about the Michigans and Ohio States and Penn States and whatnot out of the West. It's going to be a crazy, crazy season and a mad dash to come out on top. couple of observations I want to share with you. First of all, Minnesota's offense struggled against Nebraska on that Thursday night opener. Um, but I thought the gopher defense showed it's going to be pretty tough all year long for PJ Fleck. They got a couple of players on there that's going to, that are going to be playing in the NFL. There's no question. As far as Nebraska goes, another one score loss. Uh, I mean, it's just, when's it going to end, right? When's it going to, you got a new coach, Matt rule. You can go back in the last five years and point out every game they've lost by one score or lost in the fourth quarter. It's just, it just doesn't end. And it happened again. But I thought Matt Rule's team showed uh, a lot of promise here. And I think their season goes as quarterback Jeff Sims goes, the transfer from Georgia Tech. But he's got a couple strikes against him that, that concern me a little bit. He's a tremendous athlete, by the way. Super strong player. And he's built for the way they use him, for the most part. Uh, but he can't turn the ball over, and he did on Thursday night. So that, that was a problem. And he's going to run a lot in this offense. That means he is going to take a lot of hits. Uh, when they run the option, he's still going to take hits even when he's not running, when he gives it to somebody else. So the big question there is, can he stay healthy and run this offense that, that Matt Rule wants to run at Nebraska? Luke Fickle and Phil Longo, they, keep telling us, they kept telling us that the Badgers are going to have this air raid offense, and it never happened. Looking back, I'm kind of wondering if they told us about this air raid offense with a wink-wink in their eye, right? They just have too many good running backs and too much of a good running uh, game to just ignore it, and they proved it against Buffalo this weekend. Their two top running backs combined for 298 yards and four touchdowns. So, look, if it's there, they're going to take it. They're going to run the ball. And Tanner Mordecai didn't look all that great. 
had uh, a couple of turnovers in that game against the Buffaloes as well. The Badgers schedule gets pretty interesting. They've got an interesting game against Washington State on the road this week. And then they host Georgia Southern. But maybe they can air it out for week four. They take on Purdue, another team that is switching to an air raid attack. There'll be a, a, a lot of footballs in the air in that game. Uh, that is coming up on week four. And then there's Cade McNamara, who we talk about a lot on this program, the Michigan transfer going to Iowa. You know my rule of thumb here. He just has to be averaged instead of really bad like they were last year, and that will help out the defense. And then Iowa should win a lot of football games that way. Got off to a great start for Kirk Ferentz and his beleaguered son and offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz. Touchdown pass on their first offensive play of the game. His first pass ever as Iowa Hawkeye throws a touchdown. It was great. They thought everything was fine. But they did slow down a bit after that. And in fact, in the third quarter, uh, McNamara was struggling. I think it was like six straight incomplete passes at one point. And then he got twisted up uh, with a little bit of pass rush and it looked like he re-aggravated the quad. And that is something we're going to have to keep an eye on and apparently keep an eye on throughout the entire season because I was very concerned for Hawkeyes fans when Kirk Ferentz after the game says, yeah, this is going to be an injury. We're going to have to keep an eye on the entire season and kind of manage it. That tells me a lot of therapy. That tells me a lot of physical therapy, a lot of missing practice, maybe taking a day off for some rest. He missed. He basically missed the spring and the summer. Uh, spring was coming up a knee injury from surgery and then the quad injury on the, on the first week of practice and really didn't take a lot of snaps this year. So I'm very concerned for the Hawkeyes if Cade McNamara, after I built them up all summer long, and I know some people were kind of excited about it. Some people questioned me about it. If he can't be at full strength, how effective is he going to be for the Hawkeyes? So I think that is definitely something you need to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. Remember, the deal is the Hawkeyes have to win seven games and average 25 points per game for the younger Ferentz to keep his job as offensive coordinator. 25 points. They score 24. What do you, does that count? Is that close? They scored 24 and they won by 10. Is that not good enough? We got to, we got to, is it, is this like the old BCS days? Not only got to win, but you got to win by X amount of points. Maybe that's the, that's the deal. Let's, um, and by the way, they averaged 17 points a game last year. They got 24 this week. We'll see how they do moving forward. Let's not leave out the defending West champion Purdue Boilermakers in our comments here. Uh, they got a gut punch. Lost a tough game to Fresno State. I'm still high on Hudson Card. I think he's going to have a special year there at Purdue. I think he can do a lot of good things. I was a little surprised at how many points the Purdue defense gave up. Ryan Walters' team, I was a little surprised by that. That game was in the high 30s. Um, and they have Virginia Tech and Syracuse coming up before their big game against Wisconsin that I just mentioned a moment ago where both teams are going to be throwing it up. Illinois, another scare. They needed a last-second field goal to beat Toledo. I'm not sure which way the season turns here. I know Toledo's pretty good, but um, uh, Brett Bielema and Luke Altmaier, I don't know if they were expecting to be in a last-second battle at home. They do have a road date against Kansas coming up before returning home to take on Penn State. That's their biggest test of the year, week three, coming up in two weeks. That, that's it. They got to they gotta get that one, or we're going to at least learn what they are in that game. And finally, I don't know how many of you watch the Sunday noon nationally televised game on CBS between Northwestern and Rutgers. I know it wasn't the sexiest matchup, but it was Big Ten, so I was watching it and enjoying it. 
But weren't you kind of, even if you didn't have a rooting interest in the game, weren't you kind of rooting for Northwestern to score that touchdown at the end of the game? I mean, first of all, they've had a rough summer with the hazing scandal, right? And they've had a, I mean, it brought the program down to its knees. And then to go out there and be on national TV and get shut out, that would have been embarrassing. So it was nice to see them get a touchdown, I thought. David Braun said, look, just getting to a game and playing a game was a huge weight off of his shoulders coming off this scandal and just, just going through the motions of playing a game again was great uh, win or lose. So anyway, those are my thoughts on those teams in the West. That's I think the leaders are going to be moving all over the board. The standings are going to change all season long. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I want to uh, thank you uh, for making locked on uh, big 10, your first listen every day, you know, since the college football season is here, Locked on is kick, kicking up our coverage. Uh, this is cool. We did this start of this Friday. It's going to be every Friday. Uh, brand new. Locked on college football kickoff live. Every Friday. It's a preview of the coming weekend. It is analysis. It's everything you can imagine. And it's going to go live on all the locked on college channels, including this one, locked on Big Ten. So you can tune in on Friday. It goes live at 11 a.m. to 1 it's every week. And then, by the way, they edited it up, and I think it was a couple hours. It was good. I, I participated in it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think they'll edit it down to about an hour, and it'll be on the audio version for those of you who listen to audio podcasts only, and a little later in the day on Friday. So, anyway, Friday's the day. It's college football kickoff live, covering everything going on in the Big Ten, and it's all part of our stable of lockdown college hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live again one more time every Friday, 11 to 1 Eastern time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You don't want to miss it. It's really good stuff. Really good stuff. Meanwhile, uh, be sure to subscribe down there on the button. Our numbers are going up again thanks to you guys. I always appreciate it. I always ask. You know, you don't get anything unless you ask in life. Please subscribe. Click it on. It's free. You're part of the club. It's that simple. Doesn't cost you anything. Uh, so subscribe on YouTube, share, follow, and like Locked On Big Ten. Coming up next, what we do on Tuesday, our Tuesday tweets. A lot of good ones here I want to share with you. All that coming up right here on Locked On Big Ten. Also, I want to talk to you about FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5.00. And you get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Yeah, it's not. You can't get it on that old satellite dish anymore. It's now part of uh, YouTube, right? So go sign yourself up. Get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props. You know, we've always talked about those. Those are fun. We talk about them all the time on this program. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay. So on Tuesdays, we like to do Tuesday tweets. I'm always on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, TalkBig10. And I follow you guys. And anytime I find something amusing, I pull it down and uh, save it for Tuesdays here on the show. And so I'm going to put it up here on the screen. Those of you listening on audio only, I'll do my best to describe what's going on. So let's put it up there. This first one, 
uh, comes from uh, on three sports. They posted, um, they posted a former Michigan state wide receiver, a Keon Coleman in his Florida state debut against LSU nine catches, 122 yards and three touchdowns. Why, why did Michigan state let him go? (laughs) He is phenomenal. All right, here we have from at Mr. Ohio. It says, I'm confused. I thought the SEC was dominant. Well, I mentioned uh, the Big Ten went, uh, what, 7-1, and 9-3 um, and three overall, 7-1 and one in non-conference games over the weekend. The uh, SEC took a few L's uh, in some big, high-profile primetime games. Of course, uh, Utah beat Florida 24-11. to 11. North Carolina beat uh, South Carolina 31 to seven. And of course, Florida state 45, 24 with a beat down over LSU out of the, uh, out of the sec, a couple of three big losses there. I will point out Vanderbilt is two and oh, just pointed out. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's see here. This is from, uh, at, uh, reflog underscore 18. It's a picture of a, of a really nice high-end car under a dilapidated home with a shed. And, uh, it says Ohio state wideouts in Ryan day's offense. Yeah. They never got off the porch against Indiana. You got Marvin Harrison jr. And, uh, Emeka Ibuka combined for 34 yards and no touchdowns. Combined. Yeah, that's got to change, Buckeye fan. Absolutely, that's got to change. Let's move on. Here is from uh, at Barstool, Iowa. It is a game day schedule. It starts bright and early at 6 a.m. Basically, uh, wake up, drink a lot, start yelling, keep drinking, and that just gets you to the 11 a.m. kickoff. Breakfast of champions. Appreciate that. Here is a tweet from at Big Ten Football. Still thinking about the Daniel Jackson uh, catch and how he kept the right foot in the air in order to get the left foot toe down. Yeah, that was my number one play on our Big Ten Top Ten yesterday. That may be the number one highlight of the year, and we got it out of the way in week one, but they tweeted it out, a uh, still frame of the uh, toe tap for the game-tying touchdown for Minnesota against Nebraska. That was That was just incredible. Meanwhile, you know, I want to go back to another point earlier in that game because this is a tweet from at 24-7 Huskers. It was at the end of the first half. This is a picture of the goal line running back Gabe Urban in a pile reaching across. His elbow is down, but the ball was across the line before the elbow got down. Nebraska, you got gypped out of a touchdown. There's no question about it. You're down 3 nothing at this point. This will put you up 6-3, 7-3 with the extra point at the end of the half. They call it short of the goal after instant replay. Then there was the false start, so you back up five. Now you're at the six-yard line. And then uh, with 10 seconds to go, throw an interception. And you get nothing. Yeah. Nebraska fan, people aren't talking about this play enough from last Thursday. Absolutely. You were robbed. I'm with you on that one. Here is a tweet from at Barstool MSU. Better than Odell. It's a Tyrell Henry's catch. The one-handed reach behind his head and hauled down. It was spectacular. It was my number two play, by the way, on my top ten list yesterday. And, oh, back to the Huskers from at uh, 24-7 Huskers. This was the uh, win probability very, very late in the game with about five minutes to go, up to 94% before they lose again. 
another close one score loss for the Huskers. It's, it's, it's been a tough week for them. A long week too. Cause you had the game on Thursday. Got to ride it out. Here is a picture of the big house at night, the night before their season opener, have a few lights on. There's just a nice glow in the nighttime at the big house. And it's from at Wolverine Chronicle. And it was uh, the night before game day. I'm going to read you part of this. This is a little Christmas carol, right? It was written by Michael Smeltzer. It was the night before game day. All eyes on the big house. I'm watching football all day tomorrow. You kindly warn your spouse. The jerseys are hung in the locker room with care and hopes that Coach Harbaugh soon would be there. The fans are nestled all snug in their beds while visions of touchdowns dance in their heads. Dressed in all maize with a block M cap, up late watching highlights and then a brief fall nap. It goes on and on. I won't read the whole thing for you. You can go check it out again. That was by Michael Smeltzer, and it was uh, put up there on Twitter at Wolverine Chronicle. That was pretty good. I found that to be very, very amusing. And here's one more from Michigan. This is at Big Ten Network, a screen grab uh, from Peacock. And this is the first play where Michigan lines up in the eye, everybody in the eye formation, holding up number four in honor of Jim Harbaugh, who was suspended for the game, and the kids weren't happy about it. But uh, some great tweets. Thank you for everybody who sent those in. That was fantastic. We do Tuesday tweets, obviously, every Tuesday. So if you're witty throughout the week, I'll save them. I'll find them. Follow me on Twitter, by the way, at TalkBig10. Thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen each and every day. We always appreciate you everydayers who are out there. By the way, those that don't catch us every day, maybe maybe catch us a little more. We would love to have you in the family here. Our next show is going to start to take a first look around the corner to week two of the Big Ten season coming up. So in the meantime, hit me up on Twitter at TalkBig10. Be sure to subscribe, please, and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Now I want to invite you to uh, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything going on in sports. Have yourself a great day. Thanks for catching us. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. For Lockdown Big Ten, I'm Craig Sheeman.